Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena. Very excited for today's episode. I have Justin with us as usual, and we also have a special guest. We have Mark Riggs joining us of Fit Tracks. We're super excited to speak with him today and present another Q&A episode for our listeners. So thank you for listening in. Please don't forget to leave a rating or a review or to download some more episodes. We greatly appreciate all of your support. So hi, Justin and Mark. Thanks for being here today. Hello, hello. Thank you. How are you guys? Thank you, Elena, for introducing us and welcome, Mark. Mark and I are in the Arite Syndicate together and uh, learning together and we're both in the food business. So um, we discuss a lot of things and share a lot of information back and forth. So I thought, um, what better way to do the leadership podcast than to sort of bring forth someone who lives food every day, who's building a really building a food company in today's world in the modern way with health and fitness in mind and actually doing it the way it should be done and, and taking the proper steps. So um, he's also going to be on Justin, the food entrepreneurs with Skylar that we're going to be recording this weekend, but I really wanted to take time to talk about the leadership and, and what Mark's doing and the steps forward and sort of his path, um, in becoming a leader in the industry, because I guarantee you someday we'll look back on this episode and we'll see that, that Mark, um, really worked hard, um, and put in the time to achieve the food empire that he's going to have in the future. So, um, thanks Mark for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And, uh, thank you for the kind words, you know, so, and you've, you've been a, you've been a, a huge help and support system for me as well, Justin. So I want to say, uh, first and foremost, thank you for, you know, the late night conversations, the early morning conversations, doing what, what we do. And, uh, just helping navigate through, uh, through everything. So you've been a, a huge help and a friend and a mentor as well. So thank you. But yeah. And I think, and if I, I didn't say it or Elena didn't say it, the company is fit tracks that, um, Mark is owner of and founder of, and it's a pretty impressive what he's done. Um, and in the space he's doing it in and how he's grown his company. So I do want to make sure and we give time to you, Mark, to tell everyone on that. But I also want to talk about um, before that, um, and I'll let Elena go through that again, but just the importance of like being in food and what we went through in COVID, food's a very, it's not glorious. There are some chefs here and there, and maybe some of us entrepreneurs that maybe get some fame here and there, but a majority of us are just grunt workers trying to get food to feed people every day and trying to make and have fun doing it and create a niche doing it. It's hard work and it's unglorified and it's, and most of the time unrecognized or especially unappreciated. 
And so when COVID happens or stressful times happen and you're already underappreciated and you are the guys having to go the extra mile just to make sure people get fed, having them, um, someone that you mentor, meaning I'm talking about mentor in that two people are both going along for, with each other, as we discussed in developing young leadership podcast <clears throat> with um, Skylar and Callie uh, a couple weeks ago. And that's that we are learning from each other. It's not uh, one of us coaching one another. We're equally learning from one another because Mark asked me questions and I don't know, or I have to go learn it myself, even within my own company. It's forcing me to do that. And I don't certainly don't know anything in his endeavors and the way he's thinking as a entrepreneur um, are different than mine. And he opens up my eyes also. So I think that it goes back to <clears throat> what we all know, at least the three of us on this podcast, which is always be learning um, no matter what. And so thank you, Mark. So I just want to emphasize that. The floor is yours, Elena. Sorry, I talked a bunch there as I usually do. No, awesome introduction. I'm really excited to dive into our talk today. And I'm going to go ahead and present the question and I'll let whoever wants to answer first get started. It's why is leadership in food essential for healthy food in our homes? Oh, oh man, I guess I'll, I'll jump in here. But um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's important that as an industry, we see that you know, the, the nutrition, and I think especially in the last two years, but the pandemic that's been hitting us is people have become more aware of, you know, what they're putting into their bodies and, you know, just being more self-conscious of it. You know, I see a lot more people kind of reading the labels, reading the back of the labels, like in the grocery stores and just through talking with people. So I think it's important that, you know, you start to see <clears throat> some people kind of stepping up and, you know, taking the reins of, you know, the importance of that and, and showing that we really care. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing with Fit Tracks is, you know, it's, it's a different concept in the sense of, you know, it's, you know, we're taking the, the extra steps to put a nutritional label, put the information out there. Hey, this is the ingredients we use, you know, um, everything's, it's, it's fresh produce, sustainable seafood, grass-fed beef, you know, putting a quality product in there where, you know, a lot of companies are not doing that. And so I think that's, that's people are seeing the value in, in that. And that, that alone is showing that we're setting ourselves apart from others and, you know, being the leader, stepping out, taking the risks and, and, uh, you know, putting a, you know, a better sustainable product out there that people are, are going to enjoy and, and reap the benefits of that. And so being something that you can really stand behind, um, is in one way being a leader in the industry, I feel so. I love that, Mark. And I want to point out something to the audience as well, because we think in su such microeconomic terms, often we don't think micro, macroeconomically, excuse me. And so I'm going to take Mark's example that he just gave just as a leadership in food and, and take it to a macro level and use his micro example. Mark's in the business for health food. Um, a lot of his clients are athletes and things like that, you know, similar to what we talk about in Primal Rock. Um, if anyone listens to those episodes um, or sees the stuff that Elena does on scavendology, Mark Riggs' company is that. He's going after the healthy food. But 
on a micro level, he's talking about grass-fed beef. We've talked about this before and organic vegetables or natural vegetables. And what does that look like in natural foods and in more pure? Okay. So yes, he's one of many doing this, but why is important? You know, why is just bizarre? Like, oh, one, why do I want Mark to be around? Why is it important for me to be mentors? Because one, we're building an industry together, okay? That's important that we're building a healthier food business together. So yes, are we running around in the same arena? Sure. Could we eventually swap clients or customers here and there? Potentially. But what's more important than that? That we build a big enough industry where there's enough people in it where it doesn't matter if we swap here and there. And it matters that if we, we want competition because competition attracts more people to the industry, that's important. And we want competition, not because we're going to look at them, but because it always attracts more people to the industry, one. Two, we want, in, at least in the United States, to create healthier animals and healthier farming. So that's what, one of the things that's important. And why is that important? Because no different than why you may choose Domino's over Papa John's or Papa John's over Little Caesars or Pizza Hut, whatever your preference is, <clears throat> people are gonna choose the best cookie shop or the best pizza shop based on the best pizza or best morals and ethics of the pizza shop or whatever. So if we're in the United States and we're competing with beef markets and we're competing with pork markets and we're competing with chicken markets, we should be the best in something within that, not just be, oh, we're the best producer of commercial beef. Uh-huh, great, we can feed everyone. How are we differentiating ourselves? What makes us different on a macro economic scale competitively as farmers, as food on a world scale? And so what does that look like? We have to come up with a standard and no one else is gonna do it unless we drive it as entrepreneurs and leaders. So <clears throat> why? Mark and I spend a lot of time together or, or why we talk a lot is because, and why we share a lot because we share the same vision and it makes us very easy to be competitors, friends, grow an industry, do whatever, share secrets, talk, whatever. We're not creating, we're not discussing pricing. We're not locking down the market, his pricing, his pricing. We're not colluding. We're just coming together in a way to build an industry, no different than groups do it all the time. We're just friends, members of Arite, and trying to build an industry together. And some would say maybe even competitors, but I don't think so. Mark's model and what he's going to do is true to Mark and what we do is going to be true to us. And we're both going to drive people to an industry that both benefit, that benefits all of us. So that's my opinion. Um, I would say it's pretty valid based on what I've seen and the way markets are built. But um, that's why I think food's important, um, healthy food and homes is if we're just talking about it on economics, um, from an economic level, um, we as the United States should be the best at healthy food. There's no reason we shouldn't, just my opinion. And we should be the leaders in it. We should go be the best food producer in the world, not because we can do it most efficiently, but because we can do it the most efficiently with the highest quality and regenerate the planet. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think going back to the, you know, the, the topic of people looking at the, the ethics of the company that they're, you know, they're researching or, or they're buying from. And that's, you know, people are willing to, to buy, you know, it's like, you know, um, a quality product more than I think they ever have been because 
that's the importance of, you know, one supporting, you know, whether you're supporting small businesses, big businesses, you know, it's what are the values of that company? What do they stand for? What are they, you know, what's their vision? Is that something that they want to be a part of? And that's, you know, where, where we, as, as the leaders, as the entrepreneurs, you know, driving that, that bus, you know, or train for the matter of fact, that is, you know, make sure that what we do, we're always going to do the right thing. We always stand by our word. We, you know, if we're going to use a quality product, it may not be the cheapest product, but it's going to be the best product, you know, that we can. And so make sure that those standards are set higher than others. Um, and that's going to make us the, the driving the captain of the ship that we're trying to navigate, you know? So I think that's, that's important to, to keep those standards high and to, and to just always, always do it, you know, and just don't let that drop because, if you're going to let one thing drop here and there, you know, then that's, that's not, others are going to see that and you're not going to be setting the standard. And so um, make sure you do what you say you're going to do, you know? So. I love that. I think that's so interesting in hearing both of you share just your similar viewpoints of the industry and what you guys get to do. And just especially at a time like this when it's so needed. And I'd love to just backtrack a little bit uh, Mark, and give you an opportunity to share more about fit tracks that we both mentioned, Justin and myself, and just to share when you began in the industry and what prompted you to, you know, create your own brand, your own business. We'd love to let our listeners hear a little of your story. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, thank you. Yeah, I know we did a, a little bit of talking before, um, but I've been in the industry for 20 years. Uh, I started washing dishes back when I was in high school, um, or actually prior to that, kind of just picking up summer jobs here and there. Um, that's, you know, we were raised a uh, blue collar family that, you know, we, we worked, you know, I got three brothers, both parents, um, you know, happily married and everything. And so, you know, one of the things that when we were being raised was, you know, we work hard and kind of do chores around the house. We, we didn't really get an allowance. It's, you know, if we wanted to, to go, save up and buy something for ourselves we had to earn that money and so whether it was getting paper routes when we were younger or whatever so we were always raised um that way and and in my mind properly and uh from that from just parents setting the example and everything so um so when i was starting off i started washing dishes and kind of after doing that through high school you know it's kind of one of those things someone one of the cooks called out no call, no showed, as we called in the industry. And um, <clears throat> they came to me and said, hey, you want to start helping with, you know, a garmanger, you know, cold cold side of the, the food, like service, you know, making salads and, you know, small things like that and helping out those guys. And so I was like, sure. And so I did that and um, kind of getting in there, touching the food, tasting the food, working more with it, you know, as opposed to just washing all the dishes. And so I really saw that kind of that light, the joy of doing that and kind of just tasting everything, things that I've never tasted before and, and like getting the palate down. And so after doing that for a little bit, a couple of weeks, you know, the, um, the chef came to me and said, Hey, if you keep, keep, keep working hard, doing what you're doing and, you know, you show up, you, uh, put, put the effort in there and, you know, help out where it's needed and just work hard. Um, I will teach you everything I know. And so <clears throat> I kind of took that to heart and 
um, that's what I did. And so I kind of set off on a mission saying, you know, Hey, if this is what I'm going to do, then I want to make sure that I'm, I'm putting my, my best work forward, you know, showing up, being on time, communicating, you know, leading by example as much as I can and just helping out where, where it's needed. And, and that, you know, one of the main points that I wanted was I'm going to work for the best chefs and like do my research on the chef that I want to go work with. And is that the right person? And so, um, over the course of the last, you know, 20 so years, that's, that's what I've been doing. And so everything from, uh, you know, flipping burgers when I was in high school sort of thing to, you know, working Michelin star restaurants out in uh, Chicago for a little bit and, you know, did some traveling around South America and just kind of in, immersing myself into some different cultures um, and then kind of really honing down my skills and, you know, jumping around from everything from being a sous chef to executive chef um, and then back to sous chef. So kind of bounce around just because I wanted to get a little bit of taste I want to taste a bunch of things from just cuisines to restaurant styles to working with different chefs. That was important to me. Um, and those kind of gave me the skills uh, needed to be successful where I'm at. Um, and so, and then kind of fast forwarding to about uh, four or five years ago, you know, I started my own catering company and, you know, we still have it, but due to COVID, we haven't really done much on, on the catering side. We've done some, um, uh, events here and there, but, um, a little over about three years ago is where fit tracks kind of began to start to sprout, um, you know, working out. I'm a, I, I love the CrossFit community, the CrossFit like culture. Um, and so I was in a CrossFit gyms and, you know, I worked full time and then I, I went and I trained and I worked out with, with the CrossFit gyms and, you know, they always saw me eating my own food and kind of, you know, bringing it in there and making sure like that I was um, fueling myself per se, and just keeping the food going. And people were like, Hey, would you mind cooking for me? Because, you know, whether they're, um, just like regular people working out or some of them were, um, competitors, CrossFit competitors, like, man, we would love to, we don't have time to do this. Like, would you mind? And I'm like, I was like, sure. You know? And so, you know, they help pay for ingredients type thing. And I had no clue of like a meal prep, industry type thing. I'm just like, Hey, I'm just cooking my food, you know, type thing. And so putting it in the Tupperware and then doing that over a couple months there, you know, people kind of started, you know, one turned into two, two and two turned into three, three turned into six. And then, so it just slowly grew and, you know, people were like, Hey, you know, this is like an actual, an actual business, like an actual industry that people are doing this. And, you know, with my um, knowledge of, you know, fine dining restaurants, and whatnot, I was like, what, like, not really believing it that people like pack prepackaged food, you know, other than what you see in grocery stores, but like for people to, to purchase and consume and have it like shipped and delivered to them and this concept. And so I started digging into it more, researching it more. And just one thing led to another, you know, I just started getting out there, um, kind of starting working with more in the gym community. Um, cause that's what I knew. And that's what I could really relate to, you know, walking into a, a CrossFit gym and, you know, having that initial connection with them, but then going a step further saying, I, you know, Hey, I, I got this product. Um, you know, this is what we do with, you know, preparing meals and nutrition values, making sure we're, you know, putting a good quality product in there and, you know, counting the macros, doing all those things that people really want to see in a product. 
Um, and then, and then ultimately it's going to benefit them and, and help them out, you know, whether they're, whether they're training or not training, you know, having a healthy meal that they can rely on. Um, that's quick, that's easy, that's convenient, that's, you know, tastes good, um, is, is super important. That's where we've kind of, we've set that standard and that doesn't, we don't really slack on that, um, at all. And so, you know, over the course of the last three or so years, that's where we've been and, you know, going through the, the tough struggles of now going from like, you know, all I knew was restaurants and, you know, bricked brick and mortar and hotel work and stuff like that. But I've done everything from, you know, catering to uh, large catering events for several thousands of people to, you know, small intimate dinners of, you know, 10 people where it's, you know, nine courses and whatnot. So, you know, I had the cooking down, but then it's, you know, once we get into an e-commerce business, you know, having no clue <laughs> of, of what was going on, what to expect, how to, how things work. Um, ended up building my own website, um, on like a, I forget what the, what the web website platform was, but it was just something free. I need something simple that people could just order on type deal. And then kind of learning from there and, you know, kind of going through the course of, you know, don't know what I'm doing to, we're just going to figure it out. You know, as long as we keep pushing forward, keep, you know, testing and, and retesting and seeing what's happening and just figuring it out. And that's kind of, we, I mean, we still do it to the day and I'm sure Justin, you can elaborate on that too, but it's, I think that's part of the the joy and the, 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 the life that brings, you know, what we're doing is, you know, we're constantly learning, we're constantly upgrading, you know, whether it's, you know, interpersonal in our team to leadership to e-commerce, like, again, like I had no idea e-commerce and how to run it. But now that we're, we've gone through four websites, be from everything from stuff that's crashing because it's getting too much traffic and, you know, learning the SEO optimizations and, you know, marketing and sales and how to like run data and all that stuff. And so it's been just a, a wild ride. And uh, I mean, it's not over obviously, but it's, it's something that I'm super excited about. I'm passionate about, and it's opened the light of what fit tracks can do and what we're capable of doing and the amount of people that we're able to cook for and, and reach, let alone, we you know, um, so it's not, we, we do home deliveries. We also do pickups, but the biggest thing that we're able to do is we're able to ship nationwide. And so having that reach of being able to get meals wherever you are in, in, in the, you know, the United States is something that's pretty amazing to do with a fresh product, like what we're doing. And so those capabilities are, uh, are huge. I, I feel right now. And, um, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, we're helping people out and, New York city that are, you know, from we're in Seattle, but you know, all the way to Austin, Texas to, to Arizona. And it's like, wow, we're cooking for these people all across the nation. And it's, it's pretty awesome. So that was kind of my short, but longer, little longer version of <laughs> where, where fit track started and kind of where we're at right now. So. That's awesome. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Well, one of the things I like, Mark, um, and I just want to emphasize it with the audience because we are, I'm working on um, 
a limited series called the 18 Pillars of Leadership, and they're all E-related. But the first three things of being a leader is exposure, education, and experience. And you sort of walked yourself through it very unintentionally, but you talked about you went out and you got the experience. And then as you got promoted, you listened to the people around you and you had someone that say, if you do your work, I will educate you with everything I know. That's unbelievable amount of coaching and that's education. And then there was the exposure part, which is you went around the world and exposed yourself to cuisine around the world, other cultures, other people, other way things happen. And so you expanded your mind. And so I just want to talk about those three things. And obviously I'm making a plug for when we do that limited series called the pillars of leadership, but it's, I just think that it's so essential, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or you're going to be a leader in any way that you look at those things. I happened to trip over them. You tripped over them. We didn't really know what we were doing. We just knew the direction we had to go. Um, I think as leaders and entrepreneurs, we just do that. But I think if we can say those things, that those are the three main things, it's important because as we show that Mark just talked, I'm not the only one who sees it. It's just, and I didn't even, Mark doesn't even know about these because I haven't even really released them anywhere unless you he uh, reads my um, Instagram, but even that it's kind of broken out and I don't really define it properly. So um, that's one, I think that that's hugely important for the audience to pick up on. The other thing that Mark sort of touched on and we talk about it in Arite and both of us have coaches in Ed Millett and Andy Frisella through Arite, but is that the values that he has and that his business is based on. And he talked about it before this question, but he sort of loosely got into him as he was talking about what is he going to stand for and what does that health look like? So Mark, I have another question for you and, and sorry if I'm jumping on your questions, Elena, but what, I mean, how have you used core values? We talk about them on the leadership Italian podcast, FSP, has always been into core values. Um, and since I've done Arite, I've really taken them and exploded them to like 16.0 because we just skipped over the other .0s in the process. <laughs> Even in this, um, we make the leadership podcast about what are those moral and ethics look like, which ultimately we define as core values. So, I mean, that's a question for you right there. Yeah, um, it's a good question. It's it's been a you know, so I kind of kind of to rewind a little bit. I grew up in a you know, our family was pretty heavy in Boy Scouts and scouting back in the day, and so I'm an, I'm an Eagle Scout as well. So I've kind of always lived by the core values of kind of what scouting had taught me and and my parents as well. So you know, just always treat others as you want to be treated and those kind of things. And so, um, and I think that's something that, you know, I, I learned at such a young age, but just being around it and being in that family dynamic and then scouting and, and in putting that into my work ethics and stuff like that, really, you know, over the years, and especially the last couple of years, for sure, um, you know, as being a leader and um, it's really kind of come to light and shown that, um, like the importance of living that, but leading by example and, and, you know, always doing the right thing, no matter what, even if it's, even if it sucks and you're like, man, this sucks having to do it, but it's the right thing to do. And, um, you know, showing others that, you know, that's, 
that is the way to go, you know, no matter what. And, you know, whether it's a customer service, something or dealing with, um, you know, employees or vendors or whatever, you know, it's the right thing to do. Um, so it's been, how do we do it in, in, in fit tracks? You know, it's, it's tough. It's an, it's always an ongoing, um, ongoing like training and education for everybody. Um, and so it's just making sure that the team knows, like, this is our standard. This is what we do. Um, and, and you know, it's, we don't let it slip. And so, and, and it's, and it's, we're all holding each other accountable. Even myself, I, I tell my team, Hey, if, if I'm, if I slack on something or you see me, you know, accidentally drop something and I, and I forget to pick it up or I didn't see, I dropped it. Like, you know, let me know, or like pick it up and then just, you know, tell me, be like, Hey Mark, you know, I noticed you dropped this or you missed this or whatever. And so I, I try to, to let the team know that, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, I'm, I'm one of you guys as well. And just, you know, we're here for the same reasons. We're here for the same goals and the visions. And, you know, I'm, you know, lately we've, I've been in the kitchen in the warehouse a lot more than, than uh, I used to be. And so and it's kind of putting, you know, letting the guys and, and the gals see like me work and me be in there and showing them like, Hey, this is how we do it. This is the standard. And, um, so it's good for them to see that as well. Um, as not just me talking and preaching it all the time, but you know, we, we live by it. And so I think leading by example is the best way to do it. Um, and quite frankly, the only way to do it too. I think, you know, that's a, a quote by, Vince Lombardi, if I'm not mistaken. So um, that's something that we always do. And, and, you know, we have like Andy and Ed Milet um, talk about in, in Arte's, you know, making sure that the, the core values and, and people know them. And, you know, I had a, I had a, I written them up and put them on, I had a guy come and create a like, you know, decals and we put them up in our kitchen. And so people can see it visually and uh and point at it you know so it's it's there it's that constant reminder that people see it you know as they come in as they you know walk up on a staircase they're there so people can always see those things and the visual reminders and you know if we need to point at it type thing and so um, those things were i think have all little the little things kind of add up and help out so yeah and i agree with you mark and um visualizing them displaying them what we don't realize is we're really creating vision boards for our employees if they see it every day even if they're not directly reading it it's a reminder and it's like no different than putting a vision board in front of us daily if we're an entrepreneur or a leader and what we want our personal goals to be so the things we do in our facilities and in our culture as leaders they have direct influence on what happens there for moving forward and all of it may be subconscious but day after day after day after day those core values or those lessons or whatever they start to bleed in, you know, and become part of life. And sometimes it takes way longer, you know, and, and sometimes you have different backgrounds you have to deal with in different education levels or skill levels based on what part of the world you're in. So there's no other, like to me, um, once I understood the piece fully, like I said, we've always lived by them, but once I've been able to unlock them in terms of the human potential piece, um, it's, and it's been hard. Like we've had, we've gone through a bump in the road. Once we unlocked core values and we started really living by the big ones, not just making sure we never missed a delivery or 
always the green, you know, the real basic ones that everyone did. Once we went to a higher level of core values, a real higher level, like we're talking about like always doing the right thing, no matter what, and really using those um, and seeing that conversion, it's, and seeing it click in the employees finally over the last month or two here in Georgia, it takes a long time. Um, but it's been pretty amazing. And so I'm right almost on target about 18 months that I say it takes to change any a habit for yourself or for anyone else. We're almost right on it. Um, but we are seeing the core value change and, um, and the value change in those that come into the organization and maybe have shaky values from their background to begin with, because I feel that that's part of my, like I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a leader, like, I should be growing the humans 100% along the way, like their potential, their maturity, like doesn't matter if they stop being educated at 18 or 22 or whatever age that it stopped. We have a job as employers and businessmen and women and entrepreneurs and leaders to make sure that that education happens for life, or at least there's the opportunity for it. Um, and we, that's how we grow in our business and that's how we remain competitive. So um, yeah. I, else i mean i, I see people display them we have them displayed but i never thought about like the full-blown decals across the walls and stuff it looks like elena and her marketing team that she's a member of have some homework ahead of them so yeah uh, I, I like i need i now that now that you're, you're talking about it, i'm like man i only have it in like a couple places i want it all over the place you know like i want to put this on on every wall every hallway you know the staircase in the office like just so it's wherever people are walking, like they see it, you know, be respectful, you know, all those things. And just, you know, that constant reminder. And I think it's something, you know, at least something that I've noticed in the industry is like, it can be, it's a very competitive industry for businesses, but also the individual. And so, you know, bringing people in from whatever their background may be, um, whether it was, you know, a, you know, growing up in a, low-income housing or whatever and not being around that sort of dynamic of you know I grew up with team sports and you know we're a team we do this as a team you know um, even if, even as a wrestler I wrestled like it was an individual sport but it was a team effort you know we all work together we train together everything and so you know over over the course of you know being an entrepreneur and getting you know, different employees and talking to them and interviewing them, like learning, like people are not me. Right. And, you know, you have to learn how, how, how do they learn and how, you know, what is their style, but also they need to match our standards and, you know, our standards are high and you need to, you know, in a sense, like you, you earn your keep and you, you know, you, you put the work forth and you show that you want, you know, the effort, and the hard work and you're going to grow within the company. And I, I tell all my guys, like, I'm happy to share everything I know, my knowledge. And cause that's where my mentors as, you know, chefs did for me. And so it's me giving back as well. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here to do it, but we need to see the, the, you know, working with intent and doing the right thing and showing that you work by the core values and, you know, you want, this is something that you want as well. So, um, that's been a, a, a learning curve on my part for sure is um, learning those, you know, different personalities, the dynamics of people and how to navigate that and, and really make it successful for everybody. So 
And, and uh, I agree. And one, I'm going to just, because I dealt with it today, and probably the employees are going to come to me and be like, whatever, I, team members, sorry, we don't call them employees. The team members are going to come to me and, and say that I said this. But we literally just had this discussion today, and it's an interesting one. Everyone's like, oh, my God, we're so short-staffed. COVID, we need more cooks. Let's just hire cooks. Uh, and I'm like, so we're just not, we're just going to hire them as cooks. They're like, yep, let's hire them as cooks. I'm like, but they then don't start off at the fundamental level, the probationary level. I don't care whether they're a cook or not. If they're going to work for this company, they need to understand the business and they need to start as a packer. They need to understand the business. Then they need to understand the storeroom. They need to understand where everything is that, be, that they cook, where it goes when it's done, where it comes from, how it goes in the building. Then they can cook because they're the most important person in the building. And if they only know the cook in this 123,000 square foot building, I'm in trouble. They're not able to do anything other than their little medial task. If I want to cook, I want a cook that knows the building that's able to run the building as a cook. You know, so it's interesting. Okay, let's just circumvent it. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm almost shaking how scared I am that this is coming out of people's mouth. It's not that they're wrong. They just don't know and they haven't experienced it like I have. You skip it. You skip the uncomfortability of people's ability to learn the core values and the basics of your business. You're in trouble in the long run. They're going to argue with you on, on, with, because of a lack of knowledge. You're going to run into bumps. And no one else in the organization who's earned their stripes is going to respect them. I don't care what their education level is. Mm -hmm. Again, experience, experience, experience is one of those three main E's. Like you can't get respect from people without the experience. And me, it's just, you're like, oh, that's so unfair. And you don't respect their skill or their talent or all the work they put in. You're right. I don't respect it because I've never seen it. Go earn it, period. And if any company doesn't expect you to do that, they're not investing in you in the long run and they are not truly believing in you as a human because you need to know the basics if you're ever going to survive in that company, period. And it's not just in manufacturing. Like you need to be able to learn all the pieces of the job to excel in your job, no matter what it is, big or small your company is. And when I was in graduate school and we would go do live all over the world and do our thing and have internships or work study experiences. The main thing about it was getting, before we even stepped foot in it, we had to go learn all the pieces of that company, regardless if I was in a sustainability job or whatever. And I was still trying to do food service partners on top of this. But it was about that, learning the company first. I can't make a recommendation or I can't do something if I don't understand the whole picture. I can't lead. I want leaders in my company and they can't lead unless they have their rotations and understand the whole company and lead from knowledge. I'm not saying me or get my experience. I'm just saying have enough of knowledge of know what your decisions impact in people's life on an immediate basis. And so sorry to say it, but to Mark's point, the, there is a respect that's given and we need to give people the dignity to go get the respect, whether they like it or not. If I brought a superstar on my team and I put them in the starting lineup without having ever have practice, the whole team is going to rebel, period. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would agree with that for sure. Um, and, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I look for people, like, I could care less what their cooking experience is or if they've ever worked in a kitchen or, or any 
food service establishment. What I want are good people. Are you going to do the right thing when it comes down to it? Are you going to treat others with respect? I can teach you everything else, whether you're a cook or, you know, you need to learn how to do packing. Like, I mean, shit, I'm in there, I'm packing, you know, after this, I'm headed right to the warehouse to go put together all of our orders, like with the guys, like, cause that's what's needed. And that's what, you know, what we got to do. But, you know, I'm a, when I, you know, I got guys in there who I've had guys in the past be like, Hey, I just, I just want to cook, man. Like, I don't want to, I, I just don't want to do much more than that. And I'm like, well, that's not what we're looking for. You, you, your resume is awesome. You know, you're, you've worked at some pretty substantial um, establishments and, you know, I think this is awesome. I would love to, to cook with you, to do things, to have you apart, but you know, I'm going to, you know, there is a probationary period and you're going to be, you know, we wear many hats. We all wear many hats and at, at fit tracks. And that's something that I, I make very clear uh, in the beginning that, Hey, you know, if I need, we need, yes, you're hired on as a cook, but if we need help packing orders, I'm, we're going to, I'm going to pull you to help pack orders and we're going to train you how to do that. And, you know, Hey, if the dishes get piled up and the dishwasher is backed up, we're going to go wash dishes. And I wash dishes just as much as everybody else, because that's, you know, where is it's where it's what's needed. And it's, it's the team dynamic of we're here to help each other out, you know? Um, and the same thing, like I got guys who my dishwasher will run, he'll notice that people in the warehouse are, are, you know, they got a lot of orders and like, Hey, he's like, Hey, you guys want some help? Yeah. Let me, can I help you out for even if it's, you know, 30 minutes or something, just like, Hey, I'm, I'm good on the dish pit. I, these guys are slacking over here. Let me go run and help them out. Or, you know, Hey, can I, can I peel some potatoes for you guys or get something to help the cooks out? So, you know, that is, that's what I look for is are people willing to go the extra mile? Um, you know, when, even, even if they're, they are busy, they're helping other people out. And so, uh, you know, other than that, like I'm, I'm going to train them and I'm going to help them out and, but they need to be able to, recognize where where you know uh, people whether it's a team needs help here or there and that's you know it's important that people i think know that and to to go on top of what you were saying justin so and it's a weird thing and uh i'm gonna say it because like i've had people question it and and like i've said i've started a lot of businesses in Dude, and we've had subsidiaries and we've sold off subsidiaries and closed subsidiaries and times. So I understand the expanding and shrinking, but over food service partners history, we've opened the union city kitchen right now is our ninth facility. We've been a part of owning, whether it's for ourselves or we're brought into a consultant to manage and turn back over whatever it's been. But every single time, I've never, and they're like, oh, well, in a corporation, and I get it, corporate mindset is just stamp these things out as fast as possible and get to profitability. I get it. But as an entrepreneur that wants the business to be around a long time and seeing the mistakes of corporations or entrepreneurs that we now can look back on, to me, it's about I, ha I go and I'm involved. I can, I have to spread the culture. I have to be part of, they need to see that I'm willing to, to go in there and pack bags. Like the other day, like no kidding guys, I'm freaking 42 years old. I've been doing this now for 20, almost 25 years. I was literally covered in head to toe in cow blood after the decanting meat had been done. We decided to work weekends. We were short staffed. 
I'm coming in. We're always short staff. Deborah and I are here. Our teams are here. Our managers are here all back on the floor because that's what we learn to do. You go on the floor and everyone's learned to do it. But I had, I was covered in blood, in blood, like the smell of it, the dealing with it, the thousands of pounds of it for beef stew, you know, getting it in, getting it braised in the rationales to get in the kettle, but it had to be done. If I don't do it, the food doesn't go out. People in long-term care homes up in Pennsylvania don't get their food and they could be compromised and die because they don't have food. I'd never want that. And so it just means getting it done. But that's, to Mark's point, every successful entrepreneur I know now that knows the same thing that are 7 million figure winners at least or building successful companies that are growing like Mark, they know one thing. And that thing is um, that it's not about what's on the resume. I don't even look at resumes. Believe me, my sister runs the, is the executive director of human resources. She passes the resumes on and she's gonna kill me. It's important what she does. It's important that we filter it, we get people, we go through, we have the phone calls, but by the time it gets to me, I, if they're here for an interview, I'm not looking at the resume either way because I'm gauging how teachable this person is and how much potential they have and how easy is it going to be for me to uncap and unlock that potential, mm-hmm. period. I don't care whether they're a cook and they only wanna be a cook. You can be a freaking phenomenal cook and employee. You could be number one. We have an employee that we started in New York now 20 years ago, almost 19 years ago. He was a, he came in, he worked from Packer, got in, he became a cook, decided he wanted to be a driver. He's now the driver. All these years later, um, he is the, he was the number one employee in the driver. He kept working. He kept progressing year after year. He kept learning more. He kept doing better with our deliveries that night. Now he's the number one driver in the, all of the New York city employees that are involved in the New York city employees. Cause we get counted even as a vendor for servicing all the New York city hospitals. Imagine that how many thousands, if not tens of thousands, if maybe even over a million, including garbage truck drivers, mailmen, Whatever service New York City has, black car drivers, how he got the driver of the year. That is not a small task, and he didn't do it overnight. But it was exactly the person we recruited 19 years ago. Just saying. Never missed a delivery in New York, ever, even when the hurricane hit New York City. And I love this because up and down, I deal with this out in California all the time. We have never missed a delivery, not during an earthquake not during a disaster, not during when the World Series had the stuff go off in the 90s, when we had all that go on and there was an earthquake, never missed a delivery. Even in New York City, when it was underwater, we got the food to all the hospitals, whether we negotiated boats or contracts or whatever we had to do on Roosevelt Island, which was underwater completely. So that's, if you don't recruit those people, your business can't be that business. I mean, that's just what I know. I mean, I'm straight up going to tell you it's logical, but yet we hire mediocrity all the time. And so I like to win. Um, you guys can probably tell I do not like losing way more than I like, way more than I, you know, I don't like losing way more than I like winning. I like winning and I like being the champion, but I hate losing. Like, I don't like the feeling. It, it is an awful feeling. It's great to learn from. 
and to grow from. And it's important not to beat yourself up or have self-pity. But to Mark's point, you need people that can, that have the personality that can be teachable, that are willing to keep failing in order to win. Because we didn't get we didn't get to a point where we've never missed a delivery in 25 years for our hospitals by, by not hiring these people, you know, it, it, is it suffering in the world of retail? Yes. And retail right now trying to hit deliveries are hard, but with the hospitals with a compromised population, we are hitting all of our numbers because that is a priority. Everyone else, you're still a priority, but weird onions and potatoes that I never thought I could get that are weird specialty items now, we can substitute out of the hospitals. But in retail, you can't suddenly substitute something out without creating a whole new retail pack. That's the major difference. And so, yeah. So sorry, I went on a tangent there, but I think um, Mark, I'll fire it up there. The other thing, Mark, while I have you, and Elaine, I want her to ask questions too, was I know that you do 75 hard too and mental fitness and as leadership and someone who's on my third year of doing it. Um, and I know the importance of it. Could you just talk about that a little bit and the lessons that it's taught you from a leadership standpoint? <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> 75 hard was, it was, uh, you know, I've done it and I've, I've failed a couple of times and I've, and I've succeeded. So it's, um, as a leadership standpoint, I think it's, um, uh, it's shown me so many things, but it's hard to kind of pinpoint down, but, um, you know, what I'm truly capable of doing, um, as a person, but also as a leader in the sense of, you know, um, the importance of communication and showing people you know like like how to do things how to how to operate how to how to help people out how to you know and just the going back to communication like i'm i'm maybe one of the biggest advocates of communicating like of like it's so important and if we and i i, I just had a meeting with you know the kitchen guys yesterday about it i was like hey this is so important. And, and I understand like coming from kitchens, like it was do your thing. That's it. Kind of like, and that, and that, you know, once your list is done type thing, like you're done, but we're, we operate in such a different dynamic that, you know, 75 hard taught me that, you know, expressing these to the guys and the gals on the team that, you know, you know, our, our, our big vision, the mission that we're on is, is going to require us to all communicate and whether we like it or not, and nothing's personal. Like we have to be able to be honest with ourselves and honest with other people. Um, no matter the situation, no matter what it is, if it's going to suck, if it's going to, you know, make you look bad, it's not because that's something that's just in your head. Um, and it doesn't, you know, kind of the, the thing of like, who cares what other people think, you know, whether you're posting on social media or, you know, you're trying to explain how something works, like, you know, it's something, you know, it's still something that I, I, I struggle and I work with daily, but, you know, it's the reps, it's doing the repetition, keep going, like, you know, that grit of, I'm never going to give up, you know, I'm, I'm going to overwork anybody else. I'm going to 
work harder, work smarter, and and work fast um, at what we're what we're doing. And so, you know, that's uh, you know, those are things that seventy five hard taught me um, as a person and a leader, and just like the importance of sharing with with everybody, anybody I come in contact with, you know, my my standards, my 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 values, my um, you know what's important to me, and so I think that's that's important as a leader to again lead by example, let people know like, hey, I'm gonna let you know what's on my mind and what like what needs to get done, and it's not personal, it's nothing against you. This is just this is what has to happen, and this is what we do. Like, you know, simple things of you know making you know like a a, a bean puree like refried beans that we do it's a it's our take on a healthier refried beans like you know there was whole whole cloves of garlic in this thing and i was like hey we we gotta we gotta make sure that this is clumped up because if someone goes in to bite into that one piece they're gonna get a mouthful of garlic and they're not gonna get the full experience of what you know our food is like they're gonna be like holy cow that was super garlicky you know even though it's cooked it's got a, a you know heavy garlic taste to it so it's you know, make sure that those standards are in place and, you know, Hey, you know, yeah, we were supposed to be plating up all these meals with this certain product into it, but I stopped it because that's the standard and that's not what we do. And so I had to communicate with the guys, you know, Hey, you know, and when I say guys, that's, you know, our, our cook team, but, um, you know, Hey, it's important that we follow the, the, the recipes, um, and that, you know, the, and this is why, you know, showing them the why I've always felt is important. And when you're leading and teaching others is, you know, yeah, you can, I can show you how to do something, but if you don't know the why, um, then people won't always see the full, full circle of things. So, you know, why do we write a little thank you note on our packaging slips? Well, because when the customer opens that box, and they're going to see these amazing meals. The first thing they're going to see is, you know, their packaging slip and with a little note on it saying, Hey, Hey, Justin, thank you for supporting fit tracks. We're super excited to, to cook for you. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help, you know, something like that. And that's that feeling that you get when you, when you, when you read that, and it's a handwritten note too. It's not something we type out and we just slap on everything, you know um, you know, that again, that comes from uh, Andy teaching us, you know, in Arte, those, those values of doing something, you know, those small things that matter. Um, and that's, I think that's important. Um, that, that, that also allows us to set ourselves apart from others and, you know, that we care, we actually care and, and customer service is important to us. And so, you know, that's in our customers are 100%. So everything we do is for the customer for, you know, making sure we do, what we say we're going to do and, and do it right. And so those are all, I know I kind of went off a little bit on the 75 hard, but those are all things that 75 hard has really taught me as a leader. And there's just the importance of everything that, and, and people are always watching you no matter what, like, so you think you need to be some, you know, people over here need to be on their best P's and Q's. Well, we as leaders and the entrepreneurs always need to be on our, our P's and Q's and always need to be, you know, setting the standard and always showing people that, you know, what we're doing is, is, you know, what we feel is the right thing and leading by example. So 
um, yeah, that was a uh, hope that answered the 75 hard question, but it's, it's a, uh, I, I loved it. I, I, I truly, I loved what it did and what it brought to life in, in my eyes and, um, you know, putting, pushing yourself through the critical limits of what you can really do, um, physically and mentally, um, is what really brought to light in my eyes. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Elena, I'm going to turn it over to you questions and yeah, definitely. So I loved hearing about the 75 hard. I've actually never done the full 75 hard. Um, and especially now that I'm pregnant, probably not the best time to start that, but, uh, oh. it's so inspiring when I see people complete it and I have friends that have completed it and I have friends that have done what they call the 75 soft and it's a little different than the 75 hard and they kind of modify a few things. But I think, you know, with my experience of committing to different diets, workout plans, routines, whatever it might be, um, the 75 hard sounds like something that can really be life-changing, um, and really great structure. So I loved hearing about that. But, uh, just before we wrap up today, I wanted to give another question out to both of you guys, uh, you know, what advice would you give to someone aspiring to excel in this industry, in the food industry, uh, whatever industry you would consider, you know, the, the widest industry that you're a part of, if you could just give some advice to those people that may be listening, um, what would you, what would you say to them? Hmm. Man, I would say, it's a, yeah, that's a good question. Dude. It's, it's a, uh, I can go first if you want, okay. Mark. Yeah, yeah, please. I'm like trying to. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to what Mark and I were saying. I think you have to go start at the bottom in food. Um, I didn't like it. Um, I certainly didn't want to go count carts and learn inventory because I didn't come from a chef background. And I did work in restaurants and stuff, but I came from the waiter side and I did work in food, but it was in farming. And like I said, the waiter side, I never worked back in the kitchen. So I had to learn all of that, um, especially as we launched New York in 2005, even though the business was by then, five, or 2004 or five, even though the business was almost seven years old by then, we were expanding to such a large client and such high volumes um, in New York that I had to go back in and learn the business, even in the business I had started, like it's never over. And if you can't gain that habit as an entrepreneur or a leader of being able to learn things, you're never going to learn. I like literally, even yesterday, I'm out on the floor with the employees because we're moving equipment around and, and like, guys, I'm shuffling all the time. Like I'm having to move you know, locations around and close the locations and consolidate and deal with the labor problem just as anyone else. But it's all with intent to service the clients and stuff like that. And I'm trying to grow the company at the same time. It's very weird what's going on right now. And if anyone saw behind the scenes what's going on in food in the food industry, you would understand why we need to create our own supply chain in the United States with our own high, higher quality meats and and produce and fruits. It has to be higher quality. We're the only country that can really do it on such a massive scale that has the ability to understand why it's necessary from a consumer standpoint, because the consumers have to drive it. So what am I going to say to any future entrepreneur? You just need to get into that and you need to go learn it and, um, 
it's not just grabbing your grandma's recipe and making it into a business. I think there's a lot of people that do it and sell it off and are successful. Um, I just don't see that as being an entrepreneur. And I know people use the term to me, it's you're adding value constantly. You're creating jobs constantly. And it's for a long-term legacy for your business to do that. If your goal is to sell the business, I get it. You started something and you sold it off. Just the term entrepreneur is less meaningful to me in that sense. I don't know what the word would be. Um, you created something, you drove it, but an entrepreneur to me is someone who's dedicated to something over the long run. Um, that, dedicated to the humans over the long run. So if that by definition is who you want to be and you didn't start where Mark started in his family or, or had the hard knocks or grew up on a farm like I did with the family values, you, you have to go in and do it. And even if you did go those values, a lot of times we pro you need to go back to the beginning and back to the basics and for lack of a better term, have the shit kicked out of you a little bit. And <laughs> which I'm sure we both have plenty of stories on getting our shit kicked, you know? So, yeah. but uh, no, I think that's, I think that's uh, uh, just to kind of feed off of what Justin was saying, like, you know, you know, and I, and I tell people this too, is like, Hey, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Like you have to get in there. You have to get in and, you know, learn, you don't even know everything, but you, you better damn well be sure, you know, a little, a little bit of each piece of your business, you know, and so, um, and so that way you can, you know, if something we're, we're busy over here, we need help over here, you can step in and you can, you can get in with the team guys or, and gals, like and you can get in there, you can work with them and you can, you know, help them out and not just be, you know, a mindless body, you know? So, um, I think, you know, and, and again, leading by example, like don't ever, let that slack don't ever you know let that fault in the sense that you know you want to just make sure that you know like i said before like <clears throat> you're always being watched um so make sure you're doing the right thing you're leading by example and showing others that you care and that you're there to help them and what you know you're doing is is for the customer is is for the team the best um and that you know set your standards high and, and the vision even bigger and, and chase it and, and don't give up because, you know, Justin, you're right. And the sense, you know, people come up with a product, they, they make their, make their money and then they're out. Um, I, I agree. That's not a, an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, one of our pieces to our, to, to our mission is to make sure that we're creating a, um, self, um, or it's not self safe and stable job within the, the hostile industry and, and make sure that people are, you know, um, secure in, in their, in their jobs and, and what they're doing and the life quality of life. And so, um, that's something that growing up in the industry, I never really had. Um, I grew up by, there's maybe a couple of years that I had, um, past the age of 25 that I had, uh, you know, health insurance. So, I didn't have it because I couldn't afford it. And so knowing that in the industry, we, it's not a get rich quick deal. It, you know, it's a lot of hard work and, you know, um, I want to make sure that I provide those. Those are things that are important to me in our mission of uh, a, a stable job 
um, environment that, you know, we offer um, several different um, benefits as well, you know, not just medical and dental, all those things, but, you know, education, you know, that's important to me that we offer the edu- ongoing education that people can learn and, and grow. And so that's where, if you can allow people to grow within your organization, <clears throat> that's going to provide value above and beyond. And uh, people are going to perceive that. And so I think those are key points to anybody who's kind of aspiring to get into the industry and, and do it and, and, and just know that it's, it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of hard work, long hours, days, nights, weekends, um, even on the days that you don't want to do it. Uh, you don't want to get up and get out of bed. You know, there's days for me and uh, Justin, I'm sure you can, you can um, agree with that. There's days where I wake up and I, I don't want to get up out of bed. I don't want to, you know, get to work, but you know what? I, I have to, and, and I do it every day. And so, you know, those are important key parts to um, becoming successful and, I think just knowing that it's it's one one step in front of the other, day by day, and just you know find the good out of each day and uh, keep progressing. So, well, and here's why this is important, and I'm going to say it for a three reasons just that I have here, and what you said. One is that if I don't know, I need to be able to do it myself and I need to be able to know what it's like and I need to be able to have the mental toughness to get through things, right? And I'm gonna give an example, okay? We have businesses and kitchens all over the country. Late 2000s, sleeping in bed, I get a phone call at one o'clock in the morning. We have unions in California. They're striking uh, the drivers. So we've never missed a delivery. All the unions are striking. They finished the deliveries that night. Next day, they're going on a at least a 13-day strike. <coughs> Why 13? I don't remember at the time, but it had some sort of significance. It ended up lasting longer than that. But myself, the managers that worked for me, managers in the other kitchens and supervisors, all were on planes. Other kitchens adjusted, figured out how to cover for everyone, and we came together as a group and delivered it as a team. The managers, the corporate team, the people that you think are pencil pushers and behind a desk. Why? No matter what jobs they've had in the company, they've always been involved in the food when we push came to shove. They've always had to have that training. Two is, as a company, I've got to tell you, we've had hospital systems, long-term cares go away here and there. Cancel the contract, new person comes in, they think they know better, they have more experience, but they forget what it means to be in business for a long time. And this is important because when you're in business as long as we are and you've stuck to the core values as long as we have, no one can compete with you that's a corporation. And if you're a corporation and you haven't built them in, it's pretty hard to go back and do it. And if you don't give your people the ability to earn their way up in an organization and have that base knowledge, if you're a manufacturer or a company, they really don't have the credibility for anyone to believe them. And when people talk to them, only the really gullible will buy something from them or believe them. And that's not the people you want working for your company anyway, but it is what goes on across the board. So what am I saying? 
every time, whether it's 10 years down the road, five years down the road, whether it's a retail client, whether they grow, whether they come back, whether they get pissed and leave because we don't handle them the right way because we're honest in our business and we have realistic conversations about how we can help them grow or a hospital system, they think they can do it better or because COVID right now, we're not doing it the right way or whatever reason they would have to leave, they always come back. And it's not because the food quality, yes, we have high quality food. It's not because we're fast at it. Yes, we're fast. It's not because we learn slow or fast. Everyone always in the food business wants you to go faster, no matter how fast you are. So it's a freaking thing you just have to deal with. But the thing that matters is at the end of the day that brings them back every time is somewhere over the years they hit a major crisis whether it's prices whether it's shortages whether it's a strike whether whatever it is and there is no longer food service partners because they miss the real value in a relationship in a business in the employees that a business hires and that's that loyalty and that's that willingness to go the extra mile for the business, for the owners, for the entrepreneurs, for the clients, whatever it is, it's all tied up in a nice bow if you build it properly. And so if you don't know how to do that and you don't have all the experience to do it, you don't have the credibility to lead people to go do the same job that you want them to go step in for in an emergency. Mm-hmm. And so as we take it full circle, how, why? I didn't always understand why I was learning everything or what I was doing, but I still do it today. I learned ramen bone broth at at a freaking crazy rate over the last few years. But now that it's actually really in the kitchen and we're mass producing bone broths and ramen and, and very complex, authentic Japanese things, I never thought in a million years we were doing it, but why us? We're the best at quality. We're the best at efficiency. And we're the best at what the third thing should be in a business, which is the core values, which is growing the humans and the communities they live in because of it. And so, you know, that's my thing. If you want my opinion and giving away the farm, which I just did. (laughs) Uh, No, those are, yeah. And I, that was just, as you were telling that, Justin, that made me kind of remember, you know, we have a, a similar, client where man back in like i back in the day i can't remember how many times we messed up with their food order whether it was gave them the wrong meals or something was off on the packaging or or something or it was a, a it was a late delivery you know it was expected to get there on tuesday but it didn't come till wednesday or something or, or maybe even a, a thursday due to you know shipping issues but we, we always got them their food and we always did the right thing of you know hey a shipment came late and it was in a it was supposed to be temperature controlled you know with our ice packs and everything and the shipping you know box that we do you know we have a, a certain window of where those last right and so maybe it exceeded that limit and it got to the person and there were you know unsafe temperature well you know what do we do we refund it we can get them their meals back whatever we can do to get to them and Man, I we, we this one we uh we we messed up several times and each time so I just see the email come through with our customer service team and I'm just like oh shit, not again like what do we do Why, how does how does one person keep getting this mistake happening or what are we doing and 
you know, it's the simple things that, you know, we, we messed up here or there, the little things we make a mistake on, but we always did the right thing. And, you know, he, I, I spoke to him, the customer several times on the phone and, you know, the things that constantly came up was he was like, I get it, man. Like it's, it's a, it's a small, you guys are a small business. Your, your product is great. I love the product, but what really stands out is the fact that you guys are always willing to go the extra mile and make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing and that, you know, whether it's a simple, you know, getting us the meals, like, I mean, I've driven him meals and he lives, I mean, it's at least an hour and a half, two, two hours from where our facility is. And I've, I've literally gotten my car and I've driven to his house, um, his house and delivered the meals to him. Cause I'm just like, man, and given extra, you know, like, um, above and beyond. And so that's, that's the importance. And, and, you know, and he still orders to this day, he's, you know, he's ordering constantly and it's, you know, he understands that and just the importance of customer service and, you know, communicating with them. Hey, we understand that there was a shipping issue. Um, and they understand that. And just, it's important that, you know, when you're communicating to the customer that it's to be the honest, to be, you know, Hey, and own the, and own it. Like we messed up, we made a mistake, you know, or we packed it late or something like, but we're doing the right thing to get it to you and, and as much as we can. And so I think those are great points. And that just kind of came into my, my mind when you were talking about that, Justin. So I just, the, you know, the, the, the value that we provide, the value that the customers provide in return of, you know, spreading the word, you know, you know, this guy's told, this customer's told several people like, I love fit tracks. I love what they do. I love what they stand for. I love their meals. They're, you know, it's helping me, you know, he's a business owner himself, so he gets it. And so, but talking to him and, and, you know, understanding what he's, where he's coming from. And then, you know, that loyalty, the lifelong value of that one person is supersedes anything else. Cause you know, the, the, the loyalty that we've created and um, with him, with him alone and, you know, this is a huge value and, and, you know, he's spreading the word without us even saying like, Hey, do you mind sharing this or whatever? Like, I don't, we don't do that. We don't ask for that. You know, it's, but people are doing it because they, they want to, and they want to share what we're doing and they want to see everybody as well be successful. And I think that goes back into what entrepreneurship it really is, is we're all here to help each other. We're all here to, be successful and make others successful in, in return. And so those are all important values in what we do and, and why we do it, you know? So I agree 100%. And often the, we've always talked about, at least from day one, at least <clears throat> my father always told me is the, the biggest complainers are actually God, um, are God speaking through the angels that need to make your business better. And it's a perception thing. It's not necessarily exactly true, but it is true in sense that it's being done for you. It's being done for your business. It's being done for the people in the business so they can continue to grow. And so I think it's just, if we look at it that way, it makes things a lot easier. It makes things a lot easier if we look at it as it's another, or as we say here at Futurist Partners, AFCO, it's another fucking growing opportunity. You know, every mistake is like, God 
you know, someone be like, whatever, oh, another fucking growing opportunity. And that's what it is. Like, let's just grow from it. You know, it can be frustrating. Let's get it out. But even in the frustration of letting it out, we're twisting it to a positivity, you know? So it's cultural like that. It, that's not even a core value. That's just happens to be experience and tribal, I guess, at this point. Yeah. I'm still in that AFCO, by the way. Yeah, me too. Every day. Every. <laughs> so. All right. Elena, you want to take us home? Yes, I think everything you guys shared was just amazing and going to be so helpful for any aspiring uh, leader, any aspiring leader in this industry specifically. And we're just so grateful that you guys both shared. And Mark, we will link all of your social media and website information in the comments below. But do you want to quickly let people know where they can find you and connect with you? Uh, yeah, um, they can find us on uh, Instagram is where we kind of do a lot. Um, and that's FitTrax Meals. Uh, you can find us online at FitTraxMeals.com. Um, that's all of our that's our website so you can see all our information on there um reach out to us anytime um like i said we're huge on customer service and you know doing what we do so we're happy to answer anybody's questions um and help them out as much as possible so yeah thank you thank you so much and thank you justin as always and we will be back with you guys next time have a great day awesome